0: this moment together, get our heads out of what we've got to get done the rest of the day, what we plan to do the rest of the week, what happened to us last week. I pray, Lord, that you would pull us into this one eternal moment and that we together could be in your presence and share an eternal and a real thing. And I pray, Lord, that in this moment, you would teach us how to build each other into mighty men and women of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen
1: Good
0: morning. So I just got to ask. Is it the cold air? It's got you all a little stiff or something? I love Wyoming. You have summer, pre-winter fall second pre-winter, second fall, winter, 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 road construction. So it's great. That's okay. It keeps some of the Californians in bay, but Steve made it, so I don't know. He snuck through the boundaries. I don't know how he did it. Hey, thank everyone that helped set up this morning, thanks. We're kind of in a little bit of a conundrum setup-wise, and so I really appreciate it. If you are willing to help us set up in the future, text the word serve to 307-224-4404. We'll try and get some things uh, ironed out as we progress forward. And then just pray as God transitions us into whatever he has for us. Have you ever noticed that when God's transitioning you, he pushes you out without letting you know where you're going in? Have you ever, (laughs) like Abraham, he goes, just go, I'll tell you when you get there. Sometimes that's how it feels to follow Jesus. So, Today we're in um, our series called Kingdom Protocols, and what we're learning to do this year is to live as kingdom citizens, not just as churchgoers, but as kingdom citizens, and to look at our world in a different way, in a way that uh, is powerful and authoritative, not, a, not as a way that's at the mercy of, but a, as a way that brings God here. I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Have you ever thought about how God breaks into our world? How that that God has to break into our world. And that that doesn't just happen. That God doesn't just invade randomly or, or just loosely. He comes in because people ask Him to come in. He invades and changes things because people ask Him to. And so we must always remember how powerful prayer and those kind of things are. So today we're talking about judgment. Are you excited about talking about judgment today? Nobody. Me either. I really. In fact, I'm still struggling with last Sunday's message. I mean, I am like, I am. Anyway, I'm sorry. You don't want to hear about my weakness. But anyway. So I grew up. In church from the time I was six years old, I was baptized at six on Easter Sunday, same Sunday as my wife was baptized. We figured out one day. So that was cool that we were baptized the same Sunday. So, um, so I grew up in church and I love church. I have loved church my whole life. I, 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 there's just so many things I love about church and there's so many things about church that annoy me. But I grew up in church and, and I grew up in a good church and there was a culture there was a culture. And, and the church that I grew up in, of course, this is in the 70s, uh, you know, a long time ago. And and people older than me are going, oh, you're such a baby. And people younger than me are going, you're a dinosaur. I, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm good either way. So, um, so I grew up in the 70s in church. And, and, and I want you to know, I, I, I'm not levying a criticism or a disrespect here. But I have lear- learned, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, that method is message. How you do something teaches something. And so I grew up in a church, and we all looked a certain way. You knew that we were part of our church. In the 70s, I was in an independent, fundamental Baptist church. Uh, <clears throat> there were rules. We were... We were free from Catholicism, so we had formed our own rituals. But we didn't call them that. We just said different things. And so all the men wore suits. All the ladies wore dresses. The preacher got up, and he preached against women not... He preached against women wearing pants. That was the church I grew up in. And, uh, but he left the men alone on a lot of things. There was Anyway, I don't know. I don't know who he was scared of, but he was scared of somebody. Um, and so... There, and there was expectations in that culture. Uh, Bible knowledge was an expectation. Uh, the right words. You had to say. There was a Christ, uh, Christian ease. There was a language you had to know. And, and all these things. I didn't know all, any of this growing up. They were, just, they were just doing church. And you know what? No one meant any harm. Everyone was trying to follow Jesus. And you have to know that where we are as a church today, as a church throughout America, and as Ordinary Faith, is built on the backs and the efforts of those who came before. So this is not a judgment, but it is a criticism. It, well, what it is, is a call to realize that method is message. And we have to change some things to reach new generations. Because the way things are done in the church I grew up in, they do not connect with my children and my children's children. And they don't connect with us either. Because people come to church and they feel judged. Sometimes they feel judged because of a religious spirit that's on that church. And that's what I grew up in. I grew up in a place where your heart could be a wreck. And as long as you looked okay on the outside, it was all right. And I hate that. Okay? Okay? I would rather be honest and authentic. If you're a wreck, just be a wreck. Okay? Hey. I'm a wreck. Okay? Just know that. I'm a wreck. All right? I have challenges and burdens in my life. So if you're looking at me like, oh, man, he's like some guru, spiritual leader. No, I'm a mess. All right? (laughs) A hot mess spread all over the floor. Can't you wash it off? Never mind. Let's stop. (laughs) That's too far. That's too far. I I know it's too far. (sighs) I, I just... I learned in that culture that we're saved by grace, but I was taught by the methods of that culture that were sanctified by works. That may not make sense to you. When I use the word sanctified, that just means that the righteousness of God that we're supposed to have in our life was was supposed to be in our life by our human efforts, not by God's grace. And so the method taught me that. So we did. Our church was, as a child, and I look back now and I can see it clearly. I couldn't then because I was a child. It was filled with gossip. It was filled with criticism. I mean, every Sunday at, at, at my table, because my dad was a deacon, we had roast preacher. Do you know what that is? <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they called it back then. And what that means is we talked about all the preacher's faults and how unworthy he was to be a preacher. And any preacher worth his salt knows he's unworthy to do this job, Okay. And so that was the culture I grew up in. What is going on? And this is easy to do. Okay, this is a spirit of religion. It's not. It's not a spirit of Christ. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit of religion. And I've seen this happen. I, I, one, I've seen this happen so many times. I, I, I've known these cu- many couples over the years, or people who, man, a month ago. They were in all kinds of a mess, you know. They were in sin and they were in, I don't know, they might be in addiction, they might be whatever abusive relationships they're in. All of a sudden, man, they encounter Jesus. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen this. This transition from the life of bondage all of a sudden we meet jesus and we taste freedom and within weeks i've watched it happen with my own eyes within weeks the same people who were in sin just a month ago are now judging and criticizing everyone who's still walking in that path of life and they're just freshly minted themselves and 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 i'm like and what is it well as soon as as soon as you come to Christ, as soon as you say, Jesus is Lord, he's right, I'm wrong, he's God, I'm not, I'm following Jesus. As soon as you say that, you get the enemy's attention. That's right. yeah. The enemy perks up and goes, uh-oh, we got a problem over here on aisle seven. Yep. We better get someone on that spirit of religion, go get him. And spirit of religion carries this thing called judgment. Yep. There's another reason you feel judged when you come to church too. Listen, I, I know ordinary faith pretty well. I know, a lot, I know that a lot of these people very well. I've spent a lot of time in prayer for these people individually and for this church. I know the heart of this church is to never judge. Okay, that's the heart. I'm not saying we're, we don't. We're, we're human. We fall. We, we are weak. We do things. But our hearts never judge. But I have had people come. To church and i've had coffee with them later and they said well i just felt so judged and I used to really wrestle with that i'm like how do you feel judged here well one of the main things we want to do is make sure you don't feel that and the holy spirit gave me an answer and the answer is the basic condition of humanity is a state of guilt and shame (laughs) and condemnation the second you start to do the right thing in life and you start to try and pursue what's right righteousness is what the Bible calls it. as soon as you do that, then all of a sudden you're going to feel this inner condemnation. So you can feel judged even when no one is judging you, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest with you, most people are so concerned with themselves, they don't have time to be concerned with you, to be honest. <laughs> and, and so you have to realize those are some of the realities. So today we talk about, the title of this message isn't, don't judge. It's when you judge. Because I know us. We're going to make judgments. There's this little jury in our brain that's always in session. And it's evaluating everything that happens to us and everything that's said to us. And and it's up there and and it's making judgments all the time. And today we're going to work on some practical ways on how to dismiss the jury. But we're going to have to be honest. In our minds, we make judgments all the time. And rather than go to the scriptures that say, do not judge, and go, well, that's not what it really means. Never do that to the word of God. Just don't do it, okay? Instead of doing that, let's figure out how we can take Jesus' words and actually apply them by faith. Not by human effort, but by faith. Make sense? So I think we'll have fun today. I don't think I'll be that abusive to you. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So Jesus says in Luke 6, 37, Do not judge others. Just say amen. Amen. Do not judge others. And you will not be judged. Interesting. Maybe we feel judged because we judge. Okay, moving right along. We don't want to spend too much time there. Do not condemn others, or it will come back against you. This is not going well for us, is it? (laughs) forgive others and you will be forgiven give and you will receive your gift will return to you in full what is that doing there that's forgiveness don't judge give I'm confused press down shaken together to make room for more running over poured into your lap the amount you give will determine the amount you get back and then Jesus gave the following illustration Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log sticking out of your head? Sorry, I got got kind (laughs) of... came out. (sighs) How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get that speck out of your eye when you can't see past a log in your own eye? Hypocrite! Hypocrite! First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Judgment is based on a standard. And so when we deal with the issue of judgment in our lives, the first thing we have to realize is that you and I individually, internally, have a lot of work to do. I mean, we could honestly say, if we were honest, we would say, I really don't have time to judge you. I have enough problems going on inside of me. Okay, I got logs to get rid of your splinters you deal with those. We'll come back to that. That's not exactly what Jesus is teaching. But the truth is, we have a lot of work to do. And it's interesting how that we can see the faults of others and can't see our own. In fact, I would argue, now you can debate this, and people have argued this with me, so you don't have to accept it, obviously. But I would argue that the main thing that bugs us and other people is our own faults. Now, I think that that's true. Uh, In fact, when someone's really irritating me, I've learned to ask the question, hmm, I wonder if I'm doing that. I wonder if I'm just annoyed at myself and reflecting it upon them. So we have a lot of work to do. We have logs to get out of our own eyes. And this life is about growth. Your life on earth is actually your birth into eternity. Everyone in this room that still is breathing, and it looks like most of you, is in the process of being born into an eternal life. In reality, not just spiritually. And what you need to know is that this life is for growth. Now, here's the deal. I'll be honest personal growth is hard work, and I personally get tired of it. I'm like, I don't, I'm tired of my faults. I mean, there was a commercial they used to play when I worked for the radio station back in Colorado, and, uh, I can't remember the gist of the commercial exactly, but there was this line of it where it talks to this old crotchety farmer, which if you know farmers, they're crotchety. Uh, I could be one. Anyway, so just on crotchety alone. And uh, it says to him, you know, all these hard times build character. And the farmer answers back, I got more character than I planned on. <laughs> I think that we get there in life. We get cynical. We get like, oh, I am so tired of finding my faults. I am sick of all that's wrong with me. I am never going to get enough done. Because we're looking at our life like our tombstone is the end of it. And what we have to look at our life is that our tombstone is the beginning of it. We've got to look past it. And realize that we are on this earth to grow, to learn, to prepare. We are not dying. We are being born again. And so when it comes to this idea of judgment, I have a lot of work to do inside of me. And just because I'm tired of doing the work doesn't mean that the work is over. So tired is not an excuse. Peter writes this, 1 Peter 4:17. The time has come for judgment. And it must begin with God's household. Notice Jesus says, don't judge others. But Peter forces us to judge ourselves, to look inside of our skin, to look inside of our body. And do a righteous judgment. If judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who've never obeyed God's news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to the godless sinners? Never forget what's at stake, folks. What's at stake isn't our comfort. What's at stake is the souls of men, women, and children. That is what's always at stake. But that's not the sermon. The sermon is judgment and the standards. We all have standards, and we're not the standard. Jesus gave us the standards of kingdom citizenship, and that's what he taught in the Gospels. When you read the epistles, which are everything, well, not everything, after, but most of the things after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when you read the letters that the apostles wrote about what Jesus said, that's the application and the uh, interpretations of the things Jesus said. But when you read the Gospels, you're getting a lot of the things that Jesus specifically said. So I say spend a lot of time there because Jesus taught us how the kingdom should work. And if your theology is such that you don't believe the Bible is applicable till the day till after Acts 2, you might want to adjust that theology. You and I disagree. It's OK if we disagree. Just know we disagree. OK? So you like some of you are going, "What's he even talking about? Don't worry. If you don't know, you're good to go. All right. The kingdom of God is our inheritance, and it's our citizenship. And that's, we're here to live by the laws of heaven, not the laws of men. By the customs of heaven, not the customs of men. And by the power of heaven, and not the power of earth. The kingdom is the standard. And that's what Jesus was teaching us throughout his ministry and throughout his time on earth. So we're learning that. We're learning that I'm not the standard. We're learning that Jesus Christ is the standard. In fact, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 10... Don't worry. By the way, Paul's a bit sarcastic at times. Okay? And so this is a sarcastic moment. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. There are a lot of people that were criticizing Paul, and that's what he's addressing, how that they were comparing themselves to themselves. And that's where judgment begins. We begin when we begin to use ourselves as the standard. We decide that we're the ones that, we evaluate everyone in terms of our own internal mirror and our own internal reflection, our own concept of ourselves. So judgment is a standard. I'm not the standard. Judgment is best when it's applied to me. I'm the one who needs judgment in my life. I'm not the one. I'm not the standard. Being like me is not required. Does that make you feel better? (laughs) I don't think any of you could be as weird as me, but I mean, some of you maybe, I don't know. I'm not the standard of right and wrong. In fact, believe it or not, sometimes I get criticism about the way I do things. I'll never forget I was in a conflict with someone several years ago. I know you are shocked just imagining such a thing. As am I. And in this conversation, this person said to me, they said to me, and I, I'm not going to quote them directly, but what they said was, because I did not take an action that was the action they would have taken, that I was wrong. Now, my next question that was a clarifying question was Very loud when they said that it's not as humble as it should have been i know that i'm not the standard and when i walk through life thinking well i wouldn't say that i wouldn't do that i wouldn't wear that that's not how i would do it then i make myself the standard and that's not how things do there is a standard but it's not me you know, I loved, we had Anthony Amore here, uh, what, a month ago? And uh, he came out, and not everybody got what he was doing, and I felt sorry for those who didn't, but it was so awesome, I, I wish you would have got it. He comes out and he's wearing this shirt and uh, this hat, he's wearing a hat, you know, and I, I mean, I myself, my, my judgment was kicking on, but I've been in church enough, I know a trap when I see one, I knew there was one coming. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, maybe I should get up and address this. And I'm going, oh, no, it's a trap. Don't do it. Don't do it. And and he did all that because he was teaching on judgment and he was forcing us to judge him. It was hilarious later, not immediately. Some of the conversations I had later that week weren't hilarious either. But still, I loved the message. It was so perfect for us. God brought him to us that Sunday. And, and it forced us to deal with the idea that we all make judgments. When Jesus said, don't judge others, do you think he said that because it's a problem we would seldom have? Or it's a problem we'd always have? And I think Anthony brought that out quite well in that message. It's on our Facebook page and YouTube channel if you'd like to follow it up and you, you missed it. So I'm not the standard. But in this text that we started, where Jesus talks about judging and all these things, he has this passage about giving. He says, don't judge, don't condemn, forgive, and then give. And and all of this, not only is it the same paragraph, some of it's in the same sentence. And I'm like, how is all of this related? Well, do you remember last Sunday we talked about loving your enemies? And we talked about when people take our dignity and take things away from us, that if we take a step further and we give more than they took, we reclaim our dignity and then we make the the theft a gift. Well, this is a concept Jesus is bringing out in the kingdom. The kingdom is a kingdom of giving. Now... I don't want anything from you today. Don't think I'm asking anything from you, but I do want something for you. And what I want for you is freedom and power and the right God. Steve and I were talking this week, and I don't know who he was quoting, but he said, we never give our gods away. That's why it's important that we learn to give our money, our time, because if those things are our God. We'll never give them away. But when we can give them, we free ourselves from their rule in our lives. And so there's these judgments and these things. And so Jesus talks about giving, brings this up. My wife is a giver. Uh, I'm a terrible, I am so bad at gifts. Um, In fact, I've given my wife, you should pray for her. She's had the worst gifts ever. I mean, like... Appliances. I'm sorry. I know some of the women are like, oh, shit, he didn't. I did. A vacuum cleaner. I mean,. I'm so bad at gifts. I'm not a gift giver. But she's like an amazing gift giver. I mean, she thinks of things and just she can do the smallest things. One time I got it right and I don't even know how. I was out traveling. I was in this little quick stop and there was a keychain had a big K on it with Kentucky and and it said Kentucky but it was a K for my wife's name and it was like three bucks and I picked it up and said, hey, I bought it. I thought of you and she was like over the moon for three days and I'm like, and you're like oh he 's learned to give no i 'm just confused now i, I don 't I don't understand how this works at all. Not a giver at all. I, I just don't get i mean and it's not you know some people struggle with giving sometimes though we have to give, we need to give, whether we understand the value of giving or not and i 'm not talking about i 'm just talking about giving in general, and so what if we, instead of giving judgment, what if we look for something else to give? And maybe that's what Jesus is talking about. Don't judge others. Don't condemn others. But give. Give forgiveness. Give blessing. Give and meet needs. Whatever you give, whatever you give, God will give back. Press down, shaken together, running over. What if your life right now is a product of what you're giving? What if you're stressed because you're giving others anxiety and judgment? What if you're broke because what you're giving others is what you expect and not a gift of yourself or of your person? What if we began every day looking for the gift we could give? In fact, what if we approached Sunday like that? I had this vision. It's aggressive, I know, but it's weird. What if you got up on Sunday morning, you know, and you're like getting ready to go to church. And I don't know how it goes at your house. Maybe you sit there and flip a coin first. Are we going? Are we not going? I don't know. The Broncos playing? They need prayer. We better, <laughs> we better flip the coin. I, I can make comments about any team. I, I'm going to stop right there. I'm already in trouble with the Broncos fan, so I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> I, I don't know how you approach it. But what if what if you changed your your act of worship? And, and instead of going to church and you're like, okay, well, i got to go. This is my routine. This, and, it, you know, it improves my week. And I enjoy the worship and all those kind of things. And I need it. I need to worship i need to connect with I get, what if we flipped it and what if we said instead of going to church because i need what if i got up and i said you know what i'm gonna i'm going to the house of the lord today and i'm going to give something i'm going to bless someone so several years ago <laughs> it was so funny i was learning this concept and uh i got up and i was praying And I said, Lord, what do you want me to give today? And I was just praying. And when I do that, sometimes I get out a notepad and I just kind of jot down whatever pops in my head. Because Holy Spirit, he's kind of chatty. you got to listen, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm writing down some things. Funniest thing happens. So weird. I'm praying. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to give today? And he showed me a picture of this lady wearing a bright red dress. This is ordinary faith. Bright red dresses are not real common around here, okay? Now, if I'd have seen jeans and flannel, I'd have gone, well, I'm probably going to see 30 people like that today, but uh, this time of year anyway. Bright red dress. And I laughed. I'm like, you're messing with me. I promise you, I come to church that day. I'm doing my shake them in bit. I'm, I'm visiting people, getting to know them. And right after the first song, this lady and her husband and three kids come in, and guess what she's wearing? Bright red dress. I walked up to her and I said, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know I'm supposed to pray for you today. <laughs> so I prayed for her. <clears throat> she broke into tears. Found out that week they were headed to the Dominican Republic, I think, for a trip they had to take. And she was terrified of some of the ramifications it was going to have in their family. And she just, it's exactly what she needed. God knew that I was going to have a lady in the church that day in a red dress and that she needed prayer. Isn't God cool? You say Michael well you're the pastor you get to do stuff like that (laughs) listen we already talked about me all right I'm a mess God loves to love people and he loves loving people with and through you so here here let me give you some ideas for how to start your Sunday instead of getting up and getting all stressed with the kids I know that's what it is I had eight of them I know about getting to church with kids Get up and say, Father, what do you want to give today? What do you want to give today? And then, this is the trick, this is the hard part. Listen. Get out your phone, get the note app out, get a pen and paper, however you do you, and just for a minute, listen. And here's what to listen for. Um, listen to scriptures that might, God might bring up. God, maybe you, you've been thinking about a verse. And just listen for that. Listen. Maybe a scripture will come up. Maybe a flash will come through your mind. And you'll see someone like the red dress lady. My wife has a similar story about a guy with curly brown hair. It was a trip we took to Evanston one time. We did the same practice. And uh, she we, we, she had, actually it came from Cayman. Cayman, we were praying together as a family. And he, she, he talked. he mentioned someone with curly brown hair. We got to... The truck stop in Evanston. There was a guy behind the, uh, the uh, counter with curly brown hair. Come to find out he was moving the next day out of state and was anxious about that. My wife prayed for him right there over the counter. She's a little bit more bold than I am. I'll just let you know that. Um, so just ask God. And, and, and here's why. When you come to church, imagine what it would be like if someone walked up to you. And they said, hey, I think God wants me to pray for you today. Or they said, hey, I just want to encourage you today. Or I think God is showing me that he has something special for you. You say, Michael, I don't know if I can do that stuff. I get it. I'm not asking you to plunge into the deep end of the pool just yet. I'm asking you to replace judgment and criticism with giving, because even if what I said is too much of a stretch for where you are right now, you can appreciate someone. You can encourage someone. You can give someone some affirmation. You can walk up to that dad who's struggling with us. His kids, and he's there by himself that Sunday. And you can say, Hey, you're doing a great job, Dad. That mom who's here and she's dragging in that parade she goes everywhere with. I don't love a parade. (laughs) And you can say, Mom, you're doing a great job. Let me help you get the kids to Kids Church. Walk up to that worship team member who was up here worshiping their heart out and say, You you were awesome and on point today that's how the body gets built and that's how judgment stops judgment stops when we stop condemning criticizing and we start building and encouraging when we judge we take when we encourage we give does that make sense that's what we've got to do that's how we give. And sorry, I'm going to jump over here because I realize I'm having a good time. and could go on a long time. And uh, I lost my train of thought anyway, so I'm stalling. And let me t- I guess what I want to do here is take this and turn it in. If we look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So we've talked about taking judgment and turning it into giving. Last week we talked about taking offenses and thefts and turning that into a gift. And so what I want to encourage you to do with this today is to do something with it. To take action to actually move you see the reality is a lot of times we go to church and the spirit of religion he doesn't want you to be in a relationship with Jesus he wants you to do religious penance if you, you ever I, I think a lot of people go to church for penance not relationship what, what do I mean a lot of people want a hard sermon they want to feel bad and they want to leave and not change okay that, that's a spirit of religion. That's a penance. That's not faith. That's not relationship. It's not encouraging. It's not fun. I think, I think God's fun. I know that sounds blasphemous, but it's true. I think he's a kick uh, in the pants. But I guess I shouldn't have said that part. <laughs> so what I want you to do is I want you to listen to the Word of God, and I want you to listen to his spirit. And when you hear what the Word says, and when you sense what the Spirit says, I want you to take action. And so I want you to turn those criticisms and that inner jury that's going on in your mind, which ask questions like Is this person safe? Is this person like me? Is there something wrong with this guy standing up here talking to us? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> take that jury and dismiss the jury and begin to take God's word and let it be the judgment that you need in your own life that begins to find those logs and throw them out. And when it comes to people who have, because the scripture does say, get the log out of your own eye, then help your brother. So there is this relational thing where we are supposed to have relationships with others that allow them to speak into our lives. Most of us are afraid of that because someone's abused it in our life. I know why. Why? And I'm not saying it's that there's not a good reason for it, but just know this, that healthy Christianity is a vertical relationship with God through Jesus and a horizontal relationship with each other also through Jesus and because of Jesus. And so we, we do need the Holy Spirit to work through us, but we also need to help each other. So I said earlier, we get tired of personal growth. Got more than I planned on. I wanted to be a jerk my whole life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when you get too tired to fight for you, sometimes it's easier to fight for someone else. I'm serious. Sometimes you're like, "God, I I can't do anymore." I understand this, okay? I mean, if you're struggling and you need to talk, let's have coffee or whatever you drink that's not coffee and therefore not of God.
1: <laughs>
0: Just teasing. And let's, let, let, because we have people on our staff, Steve and I, our leadership team, we have people who understand and it's okay to be ordinary. Uh, you might have picked up on the name. It's okay to struggle. And so let's have that conversation And let's stand for each other. So if you're going through that, just know this. Sometimes when you're too tired to fight for you, you're not too tired to fight for someone else. What you can do, and I think the first place, we're so dependent on human effort. We're so so dependent on trying to do things that are right and good, but we really need to start in the throne room of heaven. As kingdom citizens, we need to be at the throne of the kingdom as much as possible. That's prayer. That's not just prayer asking for stuff. That's prayer getting to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so I can go into the throne room at any time because of the blood of Jesus. And I can pray for my friend Tucker. I know his life. I've known him for years. I know the things he struggles with. And I can pray and I can fight for Tucker. I can... I can uh, fight for even Leonard over here who I like to harass all the time because he's so sweet about it and so good-hearted and I, I know the struggles in his life and I can go there and I can pray for him not my will on his life that's something you have to learn to stop doing parents don't pray your will on people your will is not as good as the father's will did you know that the father has better plans for your kids and your grandkids than you do. And so I can go and I can pray and I can just stand there in the spirit with Tucker, with Leonard, with Janin, with anybody. And I can be there in spirit and I say, Lord, minister courage and strength to my brother, my sister, my son, my daughter-in-law, my grandchildren. And I can pray for them because I can sometimes fight for others when I'm too tired and too weak to fight for me. But here's the thing Once you give It comes back Press down Shaken together Running over And so I'm too tired to pray for me I'm, I'm too tired to see another thing That's wrong in my life I know you've been there But then of course It's Pastor Appreciation Month So a lot of you are thinking about me right now <laughs> Thank you I appreciate it. I wish everyone had a month to be appreciated. I'm sorry that everyone doesn't get that. And this month, people are praying for me. And it's funny, because this is like the month of the year that I've needed it worse than anything. And so I can't can't pray for me about some things right now, because all I want is... I'm kind of selfish on some things. I want God to do some stuff for me. And uh, he's like, sometimes he's like, we're not talking about that anymore, Michael. Let's, let's talk about something else. But you're praying for me. Many of you are lifting me up. I, I have people come to me every week. Michael, I, I, I was praying for you this morning. One Sunday, a few weeks ago, I talked about how the change in attitude came over me one morning. And someone came up to me and said, you know, I was praying for you at that time. And I was like, thank you. I don't know if you believe in the power of prayer, but I've seen too much not to. And I want you to know that when you encourage and you give and you strengthen others, get ready. There are blessings coming to you. Don't do it for the blessings. Don't do it for the blessings. Just be faithful. Because God is faithful. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about where it's coming from. You don't have to worry about what's coming. Why? Because God is good. Trust me, He's good. This is the core of your faith. God is good. So you give, whatever it is. Maybe, you, maybe you're one of those brave souls, and next Sunday you're going to make a note, I'm, get, I'm going to church to give something. I'm going to give some courage. I'm going to give some blessing. I'm going to give some strength to somebody today. Maybe some of you are like, I'm not, that's not my wheelhouse. I'm not like that. But I can go in the throne room and I can pray. And there was this guy or this lady or this family I was sitting across from last Sunday and I don't even know their name, but I can pray for them. Or I saw someone in the back and they were crying and I know they're hurting and I know what that's like. I've been there and I don't know their name, but I'm going to lift them up. And I, me and that person, we're going to share an eternal moment, whether they know it or not. And I'm going to lift them up. And then one day, here's what's going to happen: you're going to be having a bad day, and your things are not going to be going like they're supposed to because you live in the kingdom of darkness. And we haven't crossed over yet. We're being born. And where we are now is dark. And you'll have a bad day. And you'll be down. And you'll be wondering, I don't know if I can get through this. And you will. You will get through it. You'll make another day. because. God will put your face, your name, something on somebody's heart, and they will lift you up, and they will, in the Spirit, carry you through. And you say, Michael, how do I know that will happen? Because God is faithful. Yes. And you will never outgive Him. You will never, ever in a million years, outgive your Father. He will take care of you. So, Dismiss the jury. Let them go. You're wrong anyway about everybody. You're wrong about yourself. Let God be the jury. Let Him be the judge. And lift each other up and pray for each other and give courage to each other. Oh, I'm supposed to add this. Especially in your own household. Encourage your spouse, your parents, your kids. Let your mouth be filled with blessings. And dismiss the criticisms as much as possible. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this season, this moment we got to share. I love it. I love how you draw us into a moment together and you minister to us. I thank you for the honor that I get to be one who speaks and shares. But Lord, it's such a small part of what's actually happening in this room. How the Holy Spirit is just ministering to hearts. How that, how that their lives right now, realizing that they don't have to hold the world accountable, they don't have to police anyone anymore. That they can turn, turn off the criticism, dismiss the jury, and they can become a giver a giver of courage and of hope and of blessing. Pray for that person today who's here and they are sitting under judgment and they're looking at the hard things in their life that they're going through thinking that you're ticked at them. I pray, Lord God, that they know that's not the kind of God you are. That's not how this works. I pray, Lord God, that you would minister courage to the body of Jesus today. I pray that the body in this room, those who are believers and those who aren't, I pray that they would receive courage, that that you would give us courage to give courage. I pray that you would teach us to give what we think we're lacking in so that we might know that we actually have an abundance of it. Lord, I just pray that you help us to live according to the laws and principles and culture of the city that we're going to instead of the brokenness and the corruption of the world in which we live. Thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.